You are Locked On Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am back from Hawaii. I am already peeling. I've been here for like a day or two, and it's not as humid, and my, my shoulders look like three different kinds of shades. It's not it's not a great look, Harrison. Harrison, you look you you, you look I can, refreshed. I can, confir- I can confirm that it's not a very good look because you started this recording with your shirt off, and... <laughs> That was more of the locked on, like that was more locked on to locked on Lakers than I needed to be. <laughs> that was a, that was a uh, locked on Lakers late night, is what it, it was. Yeah, a, that was a, that was throwing it back to Lakers late night when we used to record shirtless, just oiled up. Yeah, yeah, you guys. There probably aren't that. that many people that used to listen to that, but like, no, the, yeah. you know, you guys, for you all guys they missed know. out on that. We yeah, were. that was uh, that was something. <laughs> all right. Uh, today's show is going to be about Boogie. Zach Lowe talked about the Lakers. His wording on it is weird, and we'll get to that in a bit. But basically, it's going to be about whether the Lakers, whether there's a scenario that makes sense for the Lakers to go after the embattled former Sacramento King and now post-Achilles tear uh, New Orleans Pelican, who, like, after he stopped playing, they got way better. <laughs> So so uh, all of that is going to feature into the conversation. As always, make sure you guys are following the show on Megaphone slash Panoply, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Spotify, Alexa, Lakers Nation, where Harrison writes, Lakers Outsiders, where I write. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony LA. You can follow Harrison on Twitter at HM Fagan. I figured I'd throw you a bone and give the proper at today, seeing as you held down the fort, fort for a week. Uh, although I got a really angry email from a listener about it was mostly overwhelmingly positive with you and mia but there was one dude who was livid uh i just deleted the email so sorry buddy Um, oh you got you got an angry oh man oh i feel bad for that guy that was emailing anthony's never the way to go guys he doesn't listen i'm sorry i don't i once you go past like a sentence in an email i'm done i'm out unless you're offering me money i'm 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 out (laughs) <laughs> all right, so let's uh, – speaking of money and offers and all that good stuff, let's start with the report itself, right? Let's start with what Zach Lowe had to say about Boogie, his future. Uh, it's it's kind of murky for Boogie given the Pelicans' run, given his injury, given his past history. It's not looking great for, for DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, and Zach had like a great write-up on the whole situation on ESPN. They really just dug into every single aspect of it, hit it from every single angle. But the part that is relevant to the Lakers was he wrote like it's kind of one of those like report, non-report, like not really sourced, but like you know it's Zach Lowe, so he probably knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And he says he wrote. There may be only two suitors among the cap room brigade, the Mavericks and the Lakers, and L.A.'s interest is unclear. If the Lakers whiff on LeBron and Paul George, they may want to keep their cap room open for 2019 and beyond, meaning no fat long-term deal for Cousins. So that, to me, 
sounds like I mean, at, at the very least, it sounds like L- L.A. is not making it very clear whether or not they're interested in Cousins and might even just be not interested in Cousins. And that's the way I'm you, leaning. Like if there yeah. if, if there's a report out there, if somebody's willing to even kind of report that the Lakers may not be interested in somebody that to me tells me, especially somebody of the talent level of Boogie. Right. If the Lakers are are kind of sort of out on that already, that means that tells me that unless it's the absolute perfect circumstance, they're probably out on. Yeah. And like so that that's what I wrote for Lakers Nation today was just like that. You know, I'm sure that if the price got low enough, the Lakers would all of a sudden be interested. But to me, like it doesn't sound like they are. And that completely makes sense. I don't think that they should. I don't think there are really circumstances where they should sign cousins this summer. All right, so I think there might be a circumstance. Uh, you have a couple minutes here before we take our first break. Uh, give us, give us. You're you're further out on Boogie than I am. So why don't you give us a couple minutes on on why, and then I'll respond to that stuff on the other side. So I think the main reasons that I, the main reason that I'm out is the health thing. So mm-hmm. I think like Achilles tears. That is like arguably the worst injury that you can have as a professional athlete that is like commonly sustained. Obviously yeah, there like are worse injuries that you can, yeah, 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 you know, you know, yeah, we don't have to get too much into it on the air and like trigger me and our <laughs> listeners, but you know, I don't do well with it with injuries. Um, You're such but so, a flower. <laughs> I know it's, um, so I, I don't, to me, it's the health thing is the biggest thing. Yeah. I would be very nervous about paying him close to the max or the full max if, you know, you're like locking up your cap room. And at some point, like you're saying, like like if you're paying a guy that amount, you're saying like this is the guy that we're going to build around. This is who we're kind of building our play style around. And so, number one, there's not a whole lot of history of guys coming back from Achilles tears and being very good anymore. Like – we just saw it up close and personal with Kobe. Rob Polinka saw it up close and personal mm-hmm. with Kobe. Where and and Kobe was like, you know, before he was he tore his Achilles, he was playing like better than Cousins ever has. Yeah, and he was older, granted, but he was also in better shape and a maniacal worker and somebody who does every single thing that he can to take care of his body. Cousins, fair or not, does not have that reputation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can just you you look at him. He doesn't. You know, some of that's just body type, but and some of that's just being a bigger guy in the NBA and not being a guard. But he he he's never looked like the like a specimen of physical fitness. Yeah, you've never and gotten the reports out there of like, holy crap, Boogie's workout. He's looking great in off season yeah. scrimmages. It's like, oh man, Boogie only had to bend over and you know <laughs> intake air like once in transition yeah. today. Um, yeah. so I, I think there's like that whole part of it and there's just no track record of guys coming back, like big guys, uh, guys Especially of his size bigs. coming back from an Achilles tear and being the same player ever again. And a big part, like he's huge and he has post game, but a big part of his value is like his mobility at mm-hmm. that size and his ability to dribble at that size and things like that. And then like work in transition at that size and be a runaway freight train. Yep. So I, I think for those reasons, like that's enough reason to be nervous. And then there's also just like he's obviously a very good player. He's put up really, really good numbers throughout his career. But there's just no track record or almost no track record of team success with DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. And has he been in the best situations? No. Like Absolutely I think there's not. context there. But I do think that at his age, you do start to think about like 
is this the guy that we want to tie our entire future to if you're the Lakers? And especially if it's a malleable young locker room where he's going to be the veteran, he's going to be the highest paid player and the most respected guy. Is this the guy that you want raising your young core? All right, I'm going to respond here in a bit. So regarding the health stuff, I, I don't think there is a way to disagree with that, right? We've seen it. Like Rudy Gay has come back from, from a torn Achilles and been okay in San Antonio, but he's Rudy Gay, so nobody really cares. Wesley Matthews came back from an Achilles tear and eh, whatever, you know, he's been – He whatever. hasn't been very – he hasn't been Wesley, Wesley Matthews, not the Wesley That's Matthews. For sure. that, that, that contract has been, a, has been a disaster because of the, the torn Achilles, right? And then, yeah, and Cousins is a little younger than I thought. He's 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, off, offhand, I thought he was a little older than that. But – Still, at his size, like at 27 years old, like that's a tough one. So the the other thing here, too, regarding Boogie that I think needs to be pointed out is I, I think it, it, we'll never know the full extent of how much of his lack of success in Sacramento was Sacramento as an organization and as a situation and how much of it was Boogie, right? A lot of... A lot of it's probably at least fifty fifty. The, the the Kings are not the first organization to go as their superstar goes, right? The Boogie is not the first superstar. I, th- I th- who was it? Uh, oh man, I'm I'm blanking on the on the uh, on the player, but he is a Hall of Famer for the Lakers. Jamal Wilkes, I think it was Jamal Wilkes, had had kind of a a negative reputation about not being a team guy and all these things, and then he accepted a role on a really good Lakers team, turned his com- his his career completely around, and now has his jersey up in the rafters in Staples Center and previously in the in the Great Western Forum. And so, like, if Boogie wouldn't be the first superstar to potentially, you know, rethink the way things have gone to that point and reconcile what to that point was a disappointing career and yet, like to his credit the pelicans were do- they were playing pretty well before he right. got hurt like they had made it work like they were pro- they were in the playoff hunt it's just like you said they got better when he went down yes <laughs> and 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 inarguably better right and so uh the the only the only thing i would add to everything that you said about you know his health and all of those things is is it just it's all about what rate that the Lakers could potentially get him at and what role he's willing to take with the Lakers. If he wants to step in and immediately be the face of the franchise again and and be the 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 son by which everything else uh circles around, then no, he makes zero sense for the Lakers because the Lakers are are doing pretty freaking well with this culture of this group of young players being the center and then everybody kind of working together from the coach to the players to the, you know, from, from hell, from magic and Palenka to Luke to the players. It's the one concern that I have with LeBron coming to the Lakers even. And I'm not willing, I'm, I'm dubious about risking all that for LeBron, let alone a post Achilles tear DeMarcus cousins. Now, here's here's this for a scenario that I want to lob at you because, again, it has to be the perfect scenario, it seems like, for the Lakers to, to even consider this. Are you ready? Yeah. What if the Lakers complete a sign-and-trade 
with the New Orleans Pelicans and bring in Boogie, and send, send out over, Dang. send out Dang, and send out Kuzma. Would you do that? No. No. No, I would not. Heart. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not risking that for fat heat check prone Shack. Like <laughs> okay, Good like you know. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I want to. I want to see how far down the list this goes. Right. So if if the Lakers could do it for Dang Hart, I'd do that because Hart, Hart, I'd use Hart, I'd use the move Dank's contract anyway. Right. So if you're getting the gamble on Boogie at that point, I mean, at the same time though, you're potentially creating just as big of an albatross. So maybe not. Well, I don't know. Like it, you're bringing over if Boogie. If Demarcus it, Cousins comes back and he can't play, he's just as big of an albatross, if not more, because he has a longer, he has more money on his deal, and he's not going to be willing to sit back and be the good vet like Dang is. Well, it depends on it depends on what the contract is, right? So, like, if he just if you if basically it's gonna match with Dang, it's going to be like it's going to be high. If it's like, two, well, yeah, if it's two years, thirty six million dollars, as it seems, I think that's what Dang's contract is, right? Or two years, thirty seven and a half, yeah, or something like about that. Like eighteen million. Yeah, so. If you bring if you bring DeMarcus Cousins back at two years, eighteen million dollars a, a a year, now he's going to probably miss por- a portion of next season. That Achilles uh, tear usually takes a full year, a full calendar year to get back from, uh, and then plus time to actually get back to yourself. Like usually another year before you start to feel like yourself and regain that confidence. Right. So if you're if you're doing if you are doing a two year deal with with uh, Boogie, there's a chance you get little to no return on that, right? Because now you're talking about both of those years were devoted to him getting simply getting back from the Achilles tear. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean that that's that's certainly a risk. Yet, if you get if if he does come back and he is a a, a good enough player, then you you sent out a bad contract in Dang for an asset that you might get a return on in Boogie, and and if you also add to that team. Paul George and are able to keep Julius Randle and you go into next year with a lineup of Lonzo, Paul George, Ingram, uh, Boogie and Randle in, in some scenarios like that. That's pretty hard to turn down. <laughs> I think a big part of Randle's success was having a, a seven footer that can space the floor. And I'm not sure that you're going to pay DeMarcus Cousins the money that you're paying him to play the book. Brooke Lopez role. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, although he can space like those are a lot of big names, but he, he I just can, don't know like basketball wise. I, I I'd like to look up while while I he, talk he for a shoot, second. He, yeah. he can shoot threes a little bit, but I, I wouldn't consider him on like Lopez's level of a shooter. Although I might be wrong, maybe the numbers are wrong on that. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break to to get that kind of information in front of us, and when we come <laughs> back, when we come back, we are going to uh, we're going to continue this discussion. All right, so what is Lopez's what is DeMarcus Cousins shooting percentage from 3 especially compared to Brook Lopez's? DeMarcus Cousins is shooting 35.4% on 6.1 three-point attempts per game this season. Mm-hmm. And before he got hurt it's not and bad. Lopez yeah, that's not bad. And Lopez shot a little bit worse, 34.5% on less attempts, 4.4 per game. So I was I'll I'll, I'll cop to that. I was uh my memory was off on that one. I, I, I just remember I, I remember don't. watching Boogie shoot threes, and it was just like, wow, if this guy can shoot. Now again, this was this was a different Boogie. It was a it was a different Demarcus Cousins when I was saying, holy crap, if this guy can shoot threes now, 
really look out. But but now, you know, you just don't know about bigs, uh, especially that big coming back from it and, and shooting. And him. you just like I don't know if that's if you want to pay him all that money to space the floor for Julius Randle. And then if you don't have him just kind of space the floor for Julius Randle, then Julius Randle is kind of minimized in how good he is. So like that lineup, like, yeah, it's, like it sounds good when you just say it out loud. But if you think about it a little bit, like, I don't know if that really works. Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, here is, well, not the other thing, but if we're just talking about hypotheticals here, right? Lopez has already said he'd be willing to come back to the Lakers for less. Now, we don't know if he's saying less than he made last year because he's going to probably get less than he made last year no matter where he goes. There's not. I'm confident in saying that no one is going to pay Brooke Lopez this summer as much as he made last year. Right. So we maybe I, not for the length of his deal. <laughs> maybe not for the entirety of his career moving forward. Yeah. You know, I don't think he'll ever make $20 million plus to, to play basketball. But. Uh, if you if so, if he's let's say you could have Lopez back at like 11, right, 11 or 12 and you get to keep Julius Randle, you get to keep Josh Hart. Now, you still have Luol Deng. You probably have to figure out a way to, to shed Luol Deng. Uh, so maybe that costs you Josh Hart anyway or, or the first round pick that they have anyway. But if you go into next year with Lonzo, Paul George, Ingram, Randle and Lopez next year plus potentially Josh Hart off of the bench or or whomever it might be. Uh, is that a better team? Does that this team... is a hot take, but that might be a better team than the one, than the version of the Lakers with post-Achilles tear well, boogie. We're, we're watching in this Utah Jazz-Oklahoma City Thunder matchup. Like, the Thunder are probably more talented. I don't think that's a hot take than, than the Utah Jazz. More but, offensively talented. But the but the Jazz are just ripping them. I mean, they're... Yeah. they're, they're I, we watched the game. We we're recording this on a Tuesday. I watched Monday night's game, and it was just it was the the, the poor Thunder couldn't stay on the floor with with uh, the Jazz. And so, yeah, I mean, it's possible. Yes, yeah, soon that... to be Rookie of the Year runner up, Donovan Mitchell has been amazing. <laughs> That'll please our boss. Um, <laughs> but yes, I, I think that to your point, the point that you're making, I think, right, is that 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 team with George and Boogie and Lonzo Ingram and Randall might be more talented than the one with Lopez and Boogie's spot, but that the one with Lopez might work a little bit better because Lopez seems more willing to accept that role. Is that basically what you were saying? Exactly. And it's hard for me to disagree, frankly. It's hard that that's that's really hard for me to disagree with. And and the reason I was putting out those hypotheticals there, short of like Boogie coming over for the minimum, right? Like that's not that's just not going to happen, right? So I was trying to put out realistic. I think he would retire before he took the minimum. <laughs> I was trying to put out realistically best case scenarios in which the Lakers might legitimately consider Boogie, and to just kind of build on the report or pseudo report that that Zach Lowe put out there uh, today. That that just kind of that just kind of beats that drum home, right? It beats that over the top of the head of anybody who thinks that the Lakers might consider Boogie. He just doesn't make much sense for them unless they're willing to completely overhaul that team. But again, why overhaul your team for a guy who is coming off of that injury with his history? Yeah. And like, but I mean, the same people are going to be mad about that, that are mad at us for saying that the Lakers shouldn't have signed Rondo this summer as if like one good playoff series means that that was wrong. I'll, I'll cop to being somewhat wrong on, on Rondo. 
I'm not really. So, the, I'm not really willing to admit being Rajon wrong on Rajon wrong. <laughs> Rajon Rondo. Yeah. Uh, I. I. Here's my thing with the Rondo stuff. He seems like he was in the in New Orleans. He was willing to accept a role, and that was always my biggest concern with him was that I didn't know if he was going to be willing to accept. A, now, accepting a role behind Drew Holiday is not quite the same thing as accepting a role behind Lonzo Ball, right? Yeah, a, he, a rookie he could point have guard. taught Lonzo Ball how to hate Ray Allen. Yeah. Like valuable veteran skills. It I that is valuable anywhere, really. That's true. I actually you know what? I, like now that now that you say it, <laughs> like that's actually not a bad thing to teach Lonzo Ball. Um, but, but yeah, I, I that that was that's the only way that I'll cop to being wrong on, on Rondo is that he accepted a role and I didn't think he was capable of doing that out there and, and he has played a he played a huge role in, in knocking out the Blazers and and uh, and your favorite player, Dame Lillard. Do you want to just no, take it? Hey, do you want to no, take can a picture? I, can, I, can I get a second here? Like, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to take Every it. single person that roasted me that <laughs> night should have to apologize to me after watching that first round series. Show me the lies, man. <laughs> Poor dude was getting triple and quadruple teamed and you're taking a big time. I'm just saying, hey, Lou Williams would play bad too if he got triple and quadruple teamed. Probably, probably. Like we've seen it. Yeah, How, but when Lou Williams is going one on one, he looks pretty good too. Yeah. I would know you, Damian Lillard is better than Lou Williams. Would you trade for either Damian Lillard or CJ McConnell? Like the should the Lakers do that? Yeah, like would. would... Um, I, I thought you were mentioning on this podcast. I'm like, hey, I mean, CJ McCollum's new to the podcasting game, but yeah, I mean, I would <laughs> host a podcast with him over you. I'm sorry. Um, that's actually yeah. my next destination. I'm just breaking on locked on Lakers. Congrats, man. Thank you. Um, no, I, it would depend. I mean, it always depends on what you're giving up. Yeah. I don't think I would that those contracts are scary. Yeah. I, right. I, I think the, the Lakers have a pretty solid group of young guys right now. I think they should look to supplement that in free agency or by adding like a superstar. Like if you can trade, would you, so I, I was talking about this with Pete on Friday. You probably didn't listen to the show, no. but would you trade Kuzma and Ingram for, Leonard, if you could also move Dang's contract, yeah, I would do that. Yeah, okay, yeah. So would I. Yeah. So like that—that that probably means you get Paul George too, and now you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard is like, and maybe even LeBron. Yeah, super wings. That'd be the yeah, su- yeah that'd be the that'd switchiest be lineup ever. Did what was the response when either of you guys said yeah? I don't. I, I don't think anybody really like was negative about that. I just. I mean, there are some people that were like, no, you can't trade the young core. Just sign him, like in 2019 and you know i just think that like you're almost getting back an asset if you're moving on from dank's contract and while i think kuzma and ingram have the chance to be really good Kawhi leonard like is that my only thing i don't know that either of them will ever be as good as Kawhi leonard no well i I would probably bet against it my only thing with Kawhi leonard is man i (laughs) there's a there's a chance here where he's the guy who thinks everybody else is crazy in the Spurs organization and not him. Well, and then also, yeah, you need to get back. Like, you need to do some intel and get his medical reports. Yeah, you need you need to figure out where his head is Although at. the Lakers haven't had the most success in evaluating those over the last couple of years. Anywho, that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Lakers my, podcast. What, my second to last episode now? Yeah, this is, this yeah. is where we're coming up on your last one. We have a really fun one lined up for your last one. Hopefully. Uh, don't, hopefully. don't jinx it. We're working on it. 
Well, either way, either we'll spend either way, the whole it'll time be fun, laughing but... at you and your decision to leave, or we'll have yeah. a really good guest on. No, I'm man. I'm like I'm like KD. I'm like jumping from like this pretty good team to go join the Golden State Warriors. You're really not. No, I'm not. I'm not even joining another podcast. So it's, it's not really a good analogy, but um, yeah, you know, right. we'll I'll, we'll talk about it more on my last episode. But right. I'll, you know, it's weird. <laughs> it is. It is weird. I'll talk to everybody soon. Have a good one, everybody.